It's on. Careful, you son of a bitch. What the fuck are you up to? <laughs> Don't bullshit. Ask me if I give a shit. Okay. Yes, you are. Fuck it. Let's go. Uh, all right, everybody. Are you welcome to this? Are you welcome? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. No. Um, kicked out of our own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this is the uh, Silver Motion Podcast. My name is Will. My name is Steven. On this episode, we're going to talk about a movie directed by Steven Spielberg. 1977 it's called close encounters of the third kind but first but first <laughs> a word from our sponsors yes uh we have some more feedback from uh my friend evan so do you remember the question asked by evan on the last episode oh vaguely i think i need a reminder it will undoubtedly be like oh yeah of course but <laughs> yes well he asked um, if you were going to make Rambo. Oh, oh yeah, who, was, who would be other than Stallone? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, Evan says, what's up, Silverados? <laughs> <laughs> this will finally be a comment that doesn't include demons. <laughs> ha! I lied. It the, just did. <laughs> the demons VHS cover was actually... The one that has a giant demon hand that is holding a bunch of theater goers in its palm. It's a badass VHS cover. Sounds like it. <laughs> I always remember bringing random horror shit like that to school back then. It would have probably landed me on an FBI watch list nowadays. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's... That's uh, I have fond memory. We used to Evan would bring Fangoria's to school mm. and Gorzones, the the magazines. And in sixth grade, our teacher, for some fucking reason, allowed us to cut out like the goriest shit possible <laughs> from those magazines and tape them to our desks. So like mine and Evan's desks were both just covered with this. Just, just collage of gore <laughs> and she just thought it was so cool that we were like super into horror movies and stuff and like when 
I think back on it, so it's like, God damn, what a cool teacher. But also, right. like, wow, she let us do that. <laughs> what the fuck? That was so crazy. But she was she was cool. Anyway, uh, Evan continues, dude, I found a pic of the Rambo tricycle I had. Check it out. Ooh. And I, I didn't look at this. Rambo tricycle. But <laughs> <laughs> with the fat kid on it, too. <laughs> So here it is. I'll show it to you. <laughs> oh, damn. It has a little uh, machine gun on it there. You see that? Yeah. That's, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so not only did you find a picture of the Rambo tricycle, it has a fat kid on it, which is perfect. And it has a... Uh, the, the fat kid has a... a, a little bandana. A little yeah. red bandana on, yeah. Yeah, it's like a big wheel. I had a big wheel, but I didn't have a Rambo big wheel with the fucking machine gun on the... F that's... Man, that's badass. I would have yeah. lost my fucking mind if I had that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's pretty much how I looked, too. A rotund fatty who daydreamed of mowing down bad guys in a tricycle <laughs> before he had to run in the house and take an ice cream shit. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Evan, you've got away with words. <laughs> he really does. And it's fun it's fun that he writes in cuz like I used to see Evan all the time, but then he moved and I moved and so like I haven't seen him in a long time, like I don't know, mm. 10 years or something. Yeah. So <laughs> it's fun to to uh to hear from Evan. Yeah. Uh, and he continues, I brought this all up originally to expand on what you said, that the Rambo movies are really great kids movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I firmly agree. Back in the 80s, censorship and the MPAA were vicious. There was a big crackdown on shit like horror movies, violence, and even heavy metal and rap. Yet someone had the brilliant idea to take this R-rated violent action hero Rambo who is basically a mass murderer, <laughs> and make toys of him and his weapons and market them to kids. The target uh, audience who wasn't even allowed to see the movies. <laughs> Yet, it was successful. It was fine. Nobody cared. And society didn't crumble. I find it odd that filmmakers nowadays fight to make movies PG-13 to sell toys and merch, but it's not even necessary to water down the movies themselves. Shit like Rambo... And Terminator and Predator are hard R movies, yet they were the talk of the playground for years. Yes, they were. Yeah. Kids love this shit, and I think it's good to show kids violence and horror and have a good heroic figure, too, that saves the day. And that's kind of, there's a Stephen King essay in his, his, uh, I it might be the same year as Wheels on Meals, 1984. It might, it's, it's from the early 80s. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called Dance Macabre, and, and there's a part in that where um, he's talking about how horror is a, is a necessary component for a kid's upbringing so that then they're not like paralyzed by fear in the future, you know, by, by life's yeah. horrors. Hmm. And so, yeah. It's kind of a... Reminds me of what little I know about it. <laughs> yeah. Kids facing fears and overcoming it. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, that is a, a component of it. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot of kids 
up against horror and stuff and, and Stephen King's stuff. But I think you're onto something, Evan, that I think it's good that, you know, kids kids are much more resilient than people give them credit for. Yeah. That's yeah, something I've heard people mention about, like, older Disney movies. Like yeah. Classic era Disney movies would, would have moments that are weirdly horrifying. <laughs> yeah, like Bambi's mom dying. Yeah, yeah. The fucking... Oh, that shit in Pinocchio when he goes to the... I can't remember the fucking name of it. That fucking island. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever see no, Pinocchio? No, never saw Pinocchio. God damn it, man. You got Did, I'm, I missed out on most of Disney. Dude, Pinocchio, though. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an animated classic. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that called, though? He, go, he goes to, like, this Pleasure Island. Is it called Pleasure Island? I think so. Anyway, he goes there, and it's, like, this fucking shit show, and he gets turned into a donkey, and it's pretty scary. Hmm. It's really cool, though. Anyway, uh, Evan continues. Uh, side note, I have a theory that most horror movies are really Christian movies just on the other end of the spectrum. That, I could get behind that. Yeah. Uh, so if Stallone had to be replaced for Rambo, who would be a good choice? I like Steven's suggestion of Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> That's a good one, since he can pull off action, and he's chiseled like a Swedish beast. (laughs) It's easy to imagine. I like that nobody really suggested Schwarzenegger either. Rambo is kind of a damaged loner who spent so many years in the shit that Arnie just wouldn't fit the role. Yeah. He's a good heroic figure like Rambo, but doesn't pull off that damaged loner aspect. Which is, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. just totally agree with that. It just, yeah. He just wouldn't fit the character, right? No. Jeff Fahey, my joke suggestion, <laughs> is kind of a guy that looks like he can pull off the loner, but not much of an action guy. He's more like the scientist that gets kidnapped in action movies. <laughs> that's so, that's like perfect. He really is. But combine... Dolph Lundgren's action capability with Jeff Fahey's sensitivity, and you get Michael Bean. <laughs> That's Evan's pick. I, yeah, yeah. I think based on Terminator, he was an awesome misunderstood loner who could fight the good fight and rescue those in need. Based on Aliens, he's a fucking badass soldier action star. <laughs> he just looks like he's been in the shit for years, too. He doesn't have a super soldier physique like Stallone, but I think Michael Bean fits the Rambo character really well. Uh, this was a pointless thought exercise, but fun. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I could see Michael Bean. Yeah. Um, yeah, just do some fucking bench press and, <laughs> and yeah, let's go. Yeah. Beef up. Uh, Sorry, these are always so fucking long, but speaking of which, I like when you guys ramble on to different shit, too. I think you already gave, um, oh, yeah, this this was in response to the Iron Monkey episode. So, (laughs) So, I think you already gave probably the best dissection of Iron Monkey in podcast history, covering the history, character, culture, different releases, etc., that is perfectly fine to go off on tangents like Dark Souls and acupuncture benefits. <laughs> it all flows just fine. I'll stop. I'll, I will stop before I start going on a Dark Souls tangent, too. I fucking adore those games. Peace. 
Yes, your love of those games is uh, a reason, uh, another reason of, of that pushed me in those directions, that direction. So, <clears throat> yeah. Well, thanks, Evan. Yeah. Once again, go to evanparafx.com, and that's E-V-A-N-P-A-R-R-A-F-X.com. <laughs> I, re- I realized, like, just in that moment, I said evanparafx.com on the other one, and I was just like, like, I know how to spell Evan Parra. <laughs> right. <laughs> but who else does? Right. Does anybody else know? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not very good at the, the promotion thing. Um, who needs promotion? Yeah. No, I know. It's, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, go there, get some cool masks. And uh, Disney Plus is out, and they, they unveiled a new edit of Star Wars. Ooh, I don't a new know. If, one. I don't know if you're up on your, up on your. Uh, we need another one, right? Your news. Well, it, apparently Lucas finished it, like right before they they sold uh, mm. Lucasfilm. Um, they were doing a 4K scan of the of the the movies, and he re-edited the the Han, Han, whatever. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? <laughs> where where he shoots Greedo in the, right. in the and so that's a re-edited scene and they. It used to be like Han shoots and it cuts to this shot of Greedo just exploding basically, right. <laughs> all smoking in the chair. And yeah, and so now, I in the other edits it it there's different shots, but in this one it it cuts from that. It's like the shot of them, and then it cuts to Greedo, and he goes, McClunky! <laughs> and then it cuts to him, like, getting shot. And so everybody's making fun of him for saying this fucking weird word. <laughs> and anyway, my rambling point to this is that Evan, uh, for a client at one point, sculpted a Greedo mask. Oh. And it's fucking awesome. And so if you want to get that, go to evanparaeffects.com and celebrate uh, your love of Rito. <laughs> and check out all this other cool stuff that he has. So, uh, Close Encounters. It does have a little bit of a horror vibe to it in certain parts. Uh, yeah, that one scene does. Yeah, like when the kid gets abducted. and Yes, that def- definitely uh, has a horror uh, uh a horrific there's sort a few of other scenes that are kind of like when the early on there's a few scenes like that where you don't see them really yeah it's just like what's this light and doing weird shit to the stuff and yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean i suppose so i never thought of any of that stuff the one scene where they're taking the kid definitely feels horrorish and that's definitely like what he's trying to evoke right but I never thought about like it, literally anything else in the movie as being horror like, but I guess it is. Yeah, like when he's in the truck stopped at the railroad yeah, tracks and yeah. it's floating above him. And I always, I guess you could be scared by that. I don't know because I yeah, always took it as a. I doubt you were scared, but like, right? I never took it as a horror thing. I always took it as like they were benevolently just trying to like. Hanging out, like, <laughs> driving around, you know, like, hey, who's this? Let's turn the lights on, you know. I, I never took it as uh, any sort of ominous thing yeah, that kinda, was scary, but I guess it, it would it's be. It's 
structure is kind of like how I would expect a, a horror thing to be structured, where it's like yeah. he's driving around, he's he's looking at his map, he's stopped, and the lights come up behind him, and he just waves them on, and it's like some guy's just driving by, like, you asshole, you're in the yeah, middle of yeah, it. Yeah. And then it, it comes by and it happens again, and this time it's the alien. Like, right. That's kind of a setup I would expect from a horror movie where you'd... Be like, oh my god, it's creepy, and you walk around the corner, oh, it's just Timmy up at night or whatever, yeah, getting yeah. a drink of water, and then you know, go through and go maybe a few rounds of that before it's the actual monster yeah, or I killer suppose. or something. It yeah, just... that's true. That is kind of a typical horror thing. <clears throat> yeah, I never thought about that. Perhaps it's because I welcomed the aliens. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, even when the first time I saw this, I was older. I, w I wasn't like, I was probably like, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that. Mm -hmm. But I was, I knew that it was, I, I don't know. I knew enough about it to know that it wasn't like a scary <laughs> alien movie. So right. it just, I don't know, never struck me like that. But uh, it yeah, it is structured that way. Yeah. So, hmm, I'm I'm completely thrown off now with the <laughs> fucking thinking about it as a horror movie. So, I don't I don't know what to say. This is a movie that you've never seen. No, I've not. It's a big movie. It is a big movie, and it's uh, I've heard a little bit about it here and there, and I am kind of curious because when you first were giving it to me to watch. You you kind of mentioned something about like some image or something that you were hoping I had I wouldn't see or in the in the yeah. venues or something that might spoil something or yes. And I was curious what that was. Now that I've watched the movie and right, well, cause you seem to have a specific thing in mind. Th there was were. definitely a specific thing <clears throat> because. Um the old DVD that I used to have, it was the cover of the DVD oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been used as the cover of the box art and stuff and VHS and stuff. And so I was, I was the, the cover of whatever, wherever it is, the DVD with the road, that's the actual theatrical, um, poster. So I'm, I'm glad that they brought that back instead of the thing. But the, the one that I was a little worried about was that they show the mothership, mm. which is the fucking the climax, thing, yeah. big thing of the movie. And that is like the cover of a lot of DVDs <laughs> and huh. stuff. And like, I also, I was worried about it, but I also said like, ah, I don't know if it's actually a spoiler anyway, because yeah. I don't know that you could actually like spoil this movie. Cause it's not really that type yeah, of a there's, movie. There's not, yeah, not really anything that is spoil other than just like you saw the big special effects earlier or something. Yeah, but I feel like if you have seen that, and I don't, I'm trying to think like I probably saw that image before I saw the actual movie anyway, so I don't know that it really matters. But I always hope that that big iconic images like that are not in your subconscious so that you can see it, you know, like completely wide open and just like, Oh shit. 
wow or not react or whatever you're gonna do you know right right <clears throat> so had you seen that mothership and stuff before i don't think so because my the main things i'd seen of this movie or heard about with this movie was uh the main character like being obsessed with this mountain yeah and making sculptures of this mountain out of mashed potatoes and right. whatever the fuck and that's the the mashed potatoes is specifically the one that people like to make fun of <laughs> <laughs> so you that gets that gets thrown around a lot and so it's kind of like i kind of felt like the movie was going to be more of like a is this guy crazy and he's like following this image in his yeah. head and and it kind of is that but it's not like super focused on that no because you know like there's never a question if he's crazy you know exactly yeah yeah because it's going on you know real early on that the aliens are aliens that they're or at least that they're these weird ass spaceships that are not normal and it's 100 percent ufos it's not a question it starts at the beginning and you're just like okay this is what we're doing yeah and i kind of thought that would be the big reveal at the end would be the aliens of whether no, or not no. they exist and it's like no nah, it's just it's all through it <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah. they're everywhere <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a very it's a very unique kind of a movie in that way where it's not it's not traditionally like structured like a normal movie yeah, the characters it's, it's, aren't treated like normal it's characters. really weird it's very unique yeah and it's a part of the big reason why i i love it so much um but because uh, you know it, it's 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 this thing that's very you know it's just it is what it is and there's mm-hmm. nothing really else that's anything like this that i've seen other than you know like jj abrams movies where he tries to rip it off (laughs) (laughs) spielberg is the basically the source of abrams obsession with lens flares and stuff and Mm. this movie specifically with all of the lens flares lens flare spaceships and all that shit yeah yeah so uh did you like it I honestly don't know. Like you don't it, know. it's oh. like it's just it, the movie itself is just so weirdly laid out that I yeah. don't know what the hell to really think about it. All right, well let's let's unpack Cause it. Because it's it's like it's not about much of anything. It feels like it it's not like trying to do anything specifically. Okay, like because we've got like this guy and he's like going nuts yeah and but it's not about him going nuts it's not about him trying to convince people they're aliens it's not about the girl who's trying to find her son it's not right about the government cover-up it's not about first contact and how you communicate with things it's like but all of that's in there yeah but it's not actually about any of that. It's just things that happen. It feels like every single plot thread in here is a subplot. And that there's no actual plot that they're a part of. It's just kind of everything is its own little package that yeah does its own thing. And it's kind of weird. I don't really know what the heck to think about it. Well... Spielberg is a very sentimental person and filmmaker. And if you compare it directly to the other big 
sci-fi movie we watched recently, 2001. Right. They're both essentially about humans meeting with extraterrestrial life. Right, right. And Kubrick's movie is very cold, and it's, like, scientific. Things are happening, but it's not really, like, about any one person. It's about, like, the... Right, the whole span right. of time and stuff. And so Spielberg's movie is centered on the one guy, even though, like, the whole movie isn't necessarily about him, but it's centered on the one guy and his... Like, it's not even, like, his obsession. He doesn't necessarily even care about aliens, but he was chosen by these aliens at this point at some point they chose all these people, you know, they implanted this vision of devil's tower and he happens to be the one that manages like Dave in 2001, where it all kind of filters down to one person. He's the guy that sees the journey through and actually like gets there. And when the ship comes down and the aliens come out, they have all those astronauts and stuff ready to go, but they don't take them. They take the one that they chose. And so it's about, like, it's hard to say because it's it's about these things that you can't define. It's, like, about yeah. emotions and, like, following your dreams. Like, the main, I don't know if you've seen Pinocchio, but the the little music box that's on his train set at the beginning is Pinocchio and it plays when you wish upon a star, the song that Jiminy Cricket sings. Mm -hmm. And that's like a big, like fucking Spielberg's obsessed with that shit. Mm -hmm. And so that song goes through the score of the movie and in key places. And so just the idea of, hope for contact with something and this guy is implanted with this this compulsion and he just fucking like force of nature like just i i don't even know how to describe it like it's just this this emotional journey that he goes through to get to the place where he can ascend to the stars what's it about i don't know there's a lot of um communication is a big key communication between yeah humans between human and alien between fucking all kinds of people you know the idea of of uh like right at the beginning and then they go to mexico Mm, yeah they're like they're trying they're trying to talk to the mexican people and they need a translator, and they don't know what they're, you know, whatever anybody's saying. And, like, the first thing that they're asking is, like, are we the first ones here? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, but there's already people here. <laughs> like, you're the first ones to arrive, but, like, we're here. What You know, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, and, like... That's something, like you say, like, because 2001 is very cold and distant. Yeah. And I kind of get that feeling from this movie as well, 
but like you said, like it's it's trying to be sentimental, but it's trying to be distant and cold, and yeah, it, it feels like this weird disconnect there. That yeah, a lot of people don't like the people that don't like this movie don't like it because they don't they a lot of things that I've read and heard about like they they don't like the main character because they see him as an unlikable person. He abandons his family and goes into the fucking heavens basically and and that is true (laughs) and yes that's not a good thing for a a human to do in the normal realm but these are extraordinary circumstances and like when they're deciding to allow Roy to like suit up with the astronauts um the French guy played by director Francois Truffaut he's like this is a normal guy in an extraordinary circumstance we can't deny him like he's supposed to be here not us like you have to let him go through fuck whatever training he these other guys did or whatever yeah and so like it's cold in the sense that he's not a good human over this course of the movie but at the same time when faced with such it's like like Lovecraft thing where like humans are insignificant across the grand cosmos and so if this one guy was fucking chosen and he's gonna go like whatever fuck his family like that's this (laughs) he's gotta go (laughs) this is he has to do it you know yeah i mean it's like he's given this weird compulsion and and like i felt like like he had no choice in that right that wasn't even his choice to do like it was no it's totally not it's it was just planted in his brain and there's nothing he could do about it yeah and like that's fine it just it feels like i don't know it feels like every single plot is a little underdeveloped yeah because it's not really the focus it just kind of is like here's this thing now yeah that's it, it it's huh <laughs> it's like cuz i guess like you you get this scene like the mashed potato scene where yeah. the family's all crying cuz their dad's freaking crazy right and <clears throat> And yeah, that'd be like this emotional moment, and it's the like that makes sense. But at the same time, like it hasn't built that emotion. It's just kind of thrown it at you. Like here's this, and I I feel like it wasn't really like led up to in the way it maybe should have. I felt I don't know. It's what. So you're saying that you you as a viewer feel like you should be sad with the kids and the, well, the, the like that like it it feels like it's trying to be an emotional moment but like it hasn't set it up right so that it isn't emotional but is it trying to be emotional i don't know I mean, that's the weird thing like because that that's what i'm saying like with 2001 it's obviously not trying to be emotional it's definitely not yeah and and it works because it's not trying to like this film feels like it kind of is trying to be emotional but then it's not trying to be emotional and it's 
Like, I, I feel like a yeah. very disjointed goal of the movie itself is, like, it, it's not really sure what it's doing or something. It's Yeah, I know what you're saying. I... I think it's like Spielberg's best fucking movie. I, I mean, just I don't know. Like I don't. There's, there's like few Spielberg movies that I love as much as this one. But um, and I have no clue how to describe it, <laughs> and why. But like for that scene, I don't know that you're supposed to feel that emotion of the family because the way that the movie is set up is you're following him. So I feel like the conflict that you're feeling of like you're registering the family's emotions, but you're not feeling them is kind of like his, the main character's emotions mm -hmm. in that scene where he can see that these people are breaking down around him, but he has not like, he can't fully, process that like a normal human anymore he's mm. going through this mental change like a mental illness almost is what i think of it at like where he just is powerless even in the face of all of these things that if he was a normal person still he would respond to and even like when when the other when the little kid Barry like gets kidnapped, his mom doesn't even respond like yeah, you would yeah. expect a normal mom to respond when she, you know, she lost her kid and like, yes, yeah, she's upset and she goes through some of those emotions that you would expect. But like the way that she processes that is completely different because she's still trying to get to Wyoming and, you know, like she's not, really trying to find her kid or anything because she just is still she's battling the human side and like the alien side not that they're joining or whatever but like it's just an easy way to think of it yeah yeah it's it's really weird <laughs> yeah no it's a weird movie and i mean i loved it from fucking moment one the first time i saw it i was just blown away i loved it so I don't know how to explain that, but <laughs> but um, you watched the theatrical one, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I would say, now, I know that's what I said that we should watch. I probably should have said the director's cut because it, it is a better movie. I've seen all of the cuts multiple times, so mm. I understand. But when I read, after watching the movie, I read, like, a little bit about it and I was like oh yeah that's what the fucking director's cut was <laughs> so I, like the basically the ex explanation of the cuts is this is the same year that Star Wars came out 77 mm, okay Star Wars yeah. came out in May so fifth month of the year you know it's it's fucking popping you know everybody's going ape shit about science fiction right and prior to to that there weren't a lot of like big budget big blockbuster sci-fi movies like star wars changed that and so they were in production with this movie and columbia was like we need to have the movie out this year we don't give a fuck it has mm. to come out this year okay we're trying to like get the fucking movie out 
and Spielberg's like, I need until next year. I need like six months more of editing. You can't force me to do it. And so, but they forced him to do it. He put the movie out. He was not happy with the cut that we watched. Okay. So then three years later, he's still not happy with the cut. And uh, he asked or was was asked some i don't remember the specifics but something happened where he was offered do you want to recut the movie he said yes i've always been unhappy with the way it came out and then columbia said we'll give you the money to edit it but only if you edit the ending to show the inside of the ship to show roy going inside and what is he seeing inside the ship and he firmly believed that you should never show the inside of the ship. It should just fly mm-hmm. away. But he, in the interest of recutting the movie, he agreed. So the special edition was born <laughs> with the inside of the mothership at the end and a bunch of other changes throughout the movie. Then in 98, 99, some, somewhere at the end of the 90s, uh, he was given another opportunity to make his like preferred cut with no studio Mm-mm. interruptions or interactions. And so he cut the stuff from the end and then reconfigured the, the special edition edit into what is now known the, as the director's cut edit. And that version is the boat that like easily the, the best cut of okay. the movie. Not that it would really change your feelings of it, because it still is the same movie. But it does play a little better. Um, but like, it's still that. That's what's hard to describe about it, because it is distant emotionally. But at the same time, like my emotions and my like hopefulness and wonder about the universe and everything is like just when I'm watching it, it just goes up to a million and I'm so like overcome with emotion when I'm watching this and I don't know how to exactly express why or how that happens, (laughs) but that's why this movie, like it just affects me and I don't really know why. And I wondered, like, because it is, it doesn't, it feels timeless to me, but, but that's because I watch old movies all the time, but it's very 70s in the way that it's paced. It's, it's relatively slow paced. And so I thought, yeah. like, how's Steven doing on this movie? Because <laughs> there's parts where, where they happen and I'm thinking like god damn like I'm fucking like I'm so into it and then I thought like I imagined you in my head like yeah it was cool for like you know the five seconds that it happened <laughs> and I was just like ah. <laughs> so I was wondering like you know did you find it slow or it was a little slow like I do feel like it could have been a much faster paced and would have been fine Yeah, maybe even better but. Well, all the, the the other two cuts are longer than this one. Well, no, special edition I think is a, a minute or two shorter. 
even though it has all these extra scenes, but director's cut is mm-hmm. is like a few minutes longer. It's the longest one of all of them. <laughs> so it never really gets any faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I think most of that just comes down to not really having like a central plot that you're following. Yeah. And you kind of are. It's this guy's journey from wherever he lives to right. Devil's Tower and the, the alien spaceship. But right. it never feels like that journey is the point. The journey... And it kind of is, but it never really, like, focuses so heavily on, like, we're going to get to here. And no, you never know where. And that's kind of the point of the whole thing, though, is that you don't... Like, he talks about, like, when when they capture him in that little army camp at Devil's Tower, and they're like, you know, you risked your life against all of these, you know, the nerve gas and all this stuff, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I want answers. I don't, there's things in my head and I don't know what's going on. I want to, you know, right, right. the compulsion for answers, the, the wonder that he is experiencing. It's not so much wonder in his brain because he has this compulsion of this image. He knows, like, he has to come here. He has to figure out what the hell is going on. But just in a general sense of, like, when you wish upon a star, you know, like, if you have hope for the, the world, you know, you, you you don't know what your next step will bring, but you you move forward regardless of that. And you hope that you find something that, that something enriches your life but you don't you never know you're always just kind of moving forward blindly and so that's why i think this movie is hard to explain because it's not a plot thing it's like it's very much like in the heart but at the same time the movie itself is not yeah and 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 that's why it's so undefinably cool to me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it definitely like throws me off where I'm just like, where where are you going, movie? What are you trying to do? What are you yeah. what are you trying to say? Like, there there's got to be some point to this, and it doesn't feel like it's building up to a point. It, you don't feel that the the end is a very climactic, like triumph at the end. Not really, actually. Like, it's really? just kind of. It happens, and it's like just another thing in the list of random things that yeah. pop off. Hmm. And I mean, maybe because it is so upfront about everything. Yeah. That by the like, it just has this kind of ponderous inevitability. To is how I think of thought of this movie after watching it. That it was just yeah. like yeah all that happened it was going to happen like there's nothing uh disrupting that happening it's not a i don't know it's like it it is really freaking hard to explain but yeah like it's just there (laughs) yeah but like just just uh i don't know like the appearance of the mothership when it just descends (laughs) from the heavens like you're not in awe of that at all not really, no. Like it's it's good special effects work. Yeah, and it, it's a spaceship. <laughs> like oh. I don't know. Like it just 
And that's what I mean by, like, maybe if it hadn't been as upfront about the aliens existing. Yeah. If it had been more of a mystery thing, if you hadn't seen the spaceships beforehand. And, like, the yeah, you never saw the mothership, but you saw the little ones flying around. Yeah, but and... those are, like, those are, like, a little nothing compared to that mothership, though. <laughs> Man, when that shit comes out, like, I've seen this movie fucking... I don't know, a good 20 times without without even counting. I mean, I know at least, you know. And like it's still every time that mothership comes out, I'm just like, oh, "Fuck." <laughs> I just oh my god, it just get this movie just affects me in a way that that few movies can. It's hmm. I mean, I'm an emotional person anyway and I'm like super passionate about things and so like I get spurred on by this kind of movie because even though it's not about things, it is kind of about like the idea of, of following passion and following your dreams. You know, like literally this guy is implanted with the dream, so it's not his dream, but he's seeing right. it through and he's gonna get to the end of the of the journey and, and it's it's like inspiring. I don't know. It's it's uh it just speaks to my soul. <laughs> I don't know that it's inspiring me to like actually do anything, but <laughs> but uh, it just fuck, man. This movie is something else. Yeah, yeah I'd say like I guess another like more concrete point of that being like the reveal of Devil's Tower. Yeah, like when they get there, and there's they like actually that, get there, and <clears> that you... barbed wire that they then you, uh, the camera pans up over the little yes. rise, and then you, there's the tower. Yeah, and the it's music like, swells. Yeah, it's like okay, we just saw that on the TV like a little bit ago, and we saw the sculpture he made. No. Out of the, and it's just like see, but that's and like... we saw the the map that the military was like, oh, we got no. these coordinates, and it zooms in on the map. It's like Devil's Tower, and it's just like you you know it the whole way. Like it's it it. I don't know. It's just somehow the way it's done is just yeah. like it's not a reveal. It's just it's very much a reveal. <laughs> I disagree. I know what you're saying, and you are 100% correct. We've seen the the tower in many incarnations <laughs> prior to that moment, but that moment is such a like a of deep feeling of of gratification for those characters to finally get there and to see it and there it is this thing in their heads you know right that's like oh it just it's emotional you know it's and and specifically that moment made me think of of because obviously i love this movie but the score is is very well done in a way that's not in your face and it's also john williams who the same year right. did the star wars score the star wars score completely different it's always kind of yeah, yeah. up front <clears throat> it's in your face in a good way as it should be in that movie but this this movie it's it's kind of low-key for a lot of it and that yeah. moment it swells and it's very much like the moment in in star wars when um, a lot of my favorite musical moments in Star Wars are when characters are looking out into the distance and the fucking mu music swells and you feel these emotions and stuff. And that's a big reason why the new ones are shit because they don't have any of those <laughs> moments. They're not, they don't feel 
you know they they don't give the mo the movie any time to to breathe or anything and uh anyway i don't remember what i was trying to say but the the music in that moment of of close encounters just is i don't know it's hard because like you're not moved emotionally by music in general anyway so like i don't know if those kind of moments would even work on you yeah because to begin with because there was because the credit like in the opening credits like all the names are going by and i was like oh compose like music by john williams like oh hey it's john williams and i, yes. I started listening to the the opening credits music. I was like yeah that's john williams soundtrack yeah and then i never thought about the music again for the rest of the movie like it like that was literally the only time i thought about the music is when the credits yeah. told me there was music <laughs> even even when they're when the music is part of the communication, the, the well, I guess there's that where it's like the little beep, boop, boop, boop. yes, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, like I don't know, man. Like, but that I don't know. I don't really consider that like a part of the score to the movie. But it is. It, it's, it's woven into the actual score. Those those oh, tones. That's yeah. a, okay. That's actually the like the. It's not like the main theme or anything, but it does show up within the the music at times um mm, okay and even like the 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 fucking for lack of a better term the dueling banjos section of of the <laughs> dueling banjos. I, I, I doubt you you haven't seen deliverance have you no do you know what i'm saying with dueling banjos it's a song dueling banjos and then the guy on guitar does the same thing or two mm -hmm. banjos do the same thing anyway it's from this movie 70s movie deliverance where burt reynolds and his friends go on a river trip and then they're uh, attacked by hillbillies basically <laughs> in the beginning with banjos they gotta well, fight with banjos the beginning of the movie they roll into hillbilly town and there's a kid playing it on his his banjo and there's like his uncle or whatever is is doing the second part okay. anyway it's it's a it's a piece of music where one guy does one thing and the other guy does the same thing and they go yeah, back and yeah. forth and so they do essentially that with the alien mothership right right and so like that is composed by john williams the whole that okay. whole section where the the alien ship starts going wild and like you know p pulling off like this you know abstract symphony sort of a thing and the guys are like what the fuck are, what are we saying to each other <laughs> who knows <laughs> i don't know just keep up you know and so like the the music is far more woven in than just oh yeah we threw some tones in here or there you know like it's a big part of this movie yeah yeah because i hadn't really thought of that the tones as music yeah for, like it was just like here's a code that means something and like even the scientists aren't sure what it means right but it's like it's not music it was like a like a computer code or something like it is it is but like <clears throat> when you first encounter it in the movie it's when uh Truffaut goes to India and he sees all of the people chanting the the tones oh as, that's the same tone okay. yes and and the, he goes where did you hear this and they fucking point to the skies you know who you know okay so they yeah, are, yeah. they heard it in India and then like the 
like that's how they get the devil's tower uh coordinates is that they started sending that out like they're at that radio yeah whatever solar radio station or whatever the fuck it is where they are sending out the tones into space and then somebody has sent back these coordinates to go to devil's tower so like it's 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 tones but it's also it's music i mean it's it's music is not just you know a fucking rock and roll song or whatever it's you know it's the use right. of tones to communicate emotions or any anything you know i don't know and it shows up throughout the score and you know they're chanting it in india and stuff like that okay yeah i so. think maybe because uh yeah i hadn't noticed that at all until like the end when they're back and forth and that kind of seemed <clears throat> like it was going slow enough at first. Yeah. It just seemed like <laughs> Yeah, when they first started, yeah. Yeah, and then it then it picks up pace later on, but it was like that introduction to me was just like, okay, we're learning a language. These this is a word. This is a Yeah. And so I never thought of it in terms of being musical. And I thought it was like it was working on like these different layers like it's here's a tone and a color that matches the tone and a hand gesture that matches the tone. Like and right. it was just like, okay, here's these different things to mean the exact same thing to have a different form to express that exact same. Yeah. Meaning. Like, yeah. And that's where I say like the music, the movie is, is at some level very concerned with the idea of communication Yeah, where yeah. like, as humans we have all these different languages and we don't know what the fuck anybody is saying without right. people who know interpretation and so one thing that all of humanity has that brings us all together is music all cultures throughout all of history have had a form of music and so it's something within us and okay. so this movie is supposing that it's not just a human thing it's a universe-wide phenomenon that okay. we are all bound by you know the the idea of of tones and grouping tones and things and these aliens gave us the tones like the monolith gave us the idea of the tool or whatever and i don't know that they show that other than maybe they get it in india maybe that's the first time that we hear it i think that's the first time we hear it in the movie but i'm not sure if that's the first time that the scientists get it but it could i'm pretty sure it is but anyway yeah they get it and then they broadcast it they get the coordinates back and so it's i feel like it's a thing where okay like like the the monolith that's in the moon in 2001 where it's like it's set there for whenever humans have evolved to the point where they can find it and then now we go to jupiter um it's a kind of thing like maybe these aliens throughout time have visited us they've clearly taken you know fighter pilots and things right that's shown but like maybe in past times they tried to broadcast the signal and they like we didn't have the radio k 
capabilities to receive it and then comprehend it and you know right i don't know but uh yeah the music is uh, yeah. okay that's uh it's woven in there a lot more than i recognize then because i cause yeah in, sure. in thinking of that i was like okay there's just two scenes of that there's the little symposium where he's doing the hand gestures and yeah the, there's that and then there's the end i was like that's it what what else did this wasn't in the movie anywhere else what was it doing <laughs> no it's india then um when they it when they kidnap the kid she answers the phone and the phone is playing it oh okay when she answers the phone and it keeps going faster and faster and faster and so you can interpret it because these aliens are not they're not vicious they're you know they're not violent they're clearly just trying to be friends at least at this point <laughs> we hope <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least at, at this point they're very nice and so you can interpret that as they're trying to communicate like don't worry you know we just we're, we're gonna take your kid but it's not don't worry about it and but the whole scene around it is a horror movie because she is worried but she's not a hundred percent worried because she is one of the ones that saw that that was implanted with the devil's tower so she's also trying to get there at the same time so she's not completely breaking down when he's gone but she's still human enough to like feel the emotions of the horror of losing your kid and stuff I think there's a lot going on in this movie that that uh I don't know. You got to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the music thing is definitely woven well well throughout. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that whole communication thing like I just had not made that connection. But I I do remember thinking it was really like funny that they they go to Mexico and there's all these Mexicans running around. It's like and they run up to this guy. I was like, oh, can you translate into French? I'm like, like wait, what? <laughs> like, what do you need? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the uh, the French UFO guy is uh, that was he was based on a real guy. There there was a real like French guy that that was like the UFO head or whatever <laughs> head of UFO <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that the guy was based on but uh um it's not because there's an advisor to this movie that was super like he worked with the air force on all these ufo projects and stuff and he was the advisor to this movie and he's the one that he wrote a book that um that determined like close encounter of the first kind is visual contact like he's okay, the guy yeah. the, the advisor to this movie is the guy that designed that system of close encounters okay that has been in use since then basically right yeah i expected them to kind of go into that or define that or something in this movie because it's the title of the movie right but, and they know don't, don't even mention it ever they <laughs> don't they talk a little bit about close encounter a little bit they they mentioned those words a couple times but it's very brief but um the poster actually had the listings it's not on the cover of the dvd but the actual okay. poster was like close encounter of the first kind 
visual contact, close encounter of the second kind, physical evidence. So like when he's in the the truck and he sees the mailboxes and shit going and you know he sees like the fucking ship flying by or whatever like oh physically saw something and then the third one is actual like contact with uh like a being you know you don't just see a ship you see a fucking an alien or whatever like the end of the movie is the close encounter of the third kind right but yeah, they don't explain that in the movie at all. And I don't know that they need to. It's, right, right. Just... I think it's fine as is. If anything, it just it throws another question up for the viewer to just ponder on. I think that's something that's missing in a lot of modern movies that was like kind of the the kernel of <laughs> 70s American filmmaking, the the, the decade when the American industry was just at the just like firing on all cylinders. <laughs> Fucking height of the era of, of great cinema. Scorsese and Coppola, fucking Spielberg, George Lucas. <sighs> There's a lot of other people too, but just off the top of my head. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Uh so you don't know if you like it or not. Yeah, it's kind of, when I was finished with the movie, I kind of felt like it could have just been a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. <laughs> except for the big budget effects, and it would have been. <laughs> but, <clears throat> like, I don't know. I mean, may, I, maybe there's just more in there than what I'm seeing. Well, I would say that I don't know. I... I there's probably more in there that you're not seeing because, like, any movie, generally, you know, things will reveal themselves right, as you watch right. it more. Um, but I don't... It's the kind of movie where I don't know that any of that stuff, like, even would matter. Like, I, definitely watch it again. <laughs> like, it's... I, <laughs> I think it's 100% worth that, but it's, um, I feel like you saw it, and I don't know that you would react differently, even if, you know, the little things fell into place. I don't know that it, yeah. it would matter much to your overall feelings. Yeah, because I can say that, like, I didn't get 2001, yeah, but like I could see that there was a lot more going on that I w just wasn't really comprehending right. Right, and in this one, like I don't see a lot of that. Like it, it feels much more cut and dry to me. Yeah, it's definitely more direct. <clears throat> <laughs> and I, I guess the other movie do uh, that I can bring up of that would be the Utena movie, which. I did not get at all the first time I watched. And, yeah. But it it was, like, stuck in my head, and I couldn't really, yeah. like, just forget it. It it was... Yeah. It, it got under my skin, and I kept Those going back to it. Those are the good ones, it. man. Yeah. <clears throat> and eventually, like, figured out deeper layers to it. And... Yeah. Like... And I feel like with 2001, I could do that and find deeper layers to it. Yeah. And I'm not sure that I could really 
find much deeper layers to this one. It's like right. I, I don't have that feeling and that I can find more here than yeah. what I've already seen. Yeah. Like it, yeah, if if you weren't moved by the initial I mean it's definitely a great movie and it's worth watching. Not just because I say so, but <laughs> because of the the world at large generally seems to think this is a good movie, but it it dev, it does not contain multitudes like I would think that two thousand one does. Like it's just Spielberg at his heart is more direct and like trying to work on your emotions more than and this is probably like his most detached movie like ever yeah (laughs) but at the same time it's also like his most um, not i don't want to say his most because like fucking schindler's list is pretty emotionally moving but (laughs) but it it it's detached but it still works on those base spielberg principles of like we're going after your emotions. We're we're speaking directly to your soul, sort of a thing. And how do you define that or talk about that? Yeah. I don't know. But <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's yeah probably where for me anyway the movie fails the most is that it doesn't. Yeah, feel like it's like I feel like it's trying to, but it's also so detached that it's not trying to, and it yeah just kind of winds up not working on either level for me. Yeah, and because like, like there's there's very little. I mean, there's tension, but there's not te- like it's just so weird. Like it, you don't feel any tension during that whole ending at Devil's Tower. No, no, really. I, I don't. There wasn't much tension there at all. Man, that's like just nonstop. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's you like don't know it's... what the fuck is gonna happen, and I've seen it a million times, so I know exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just like. Oh, because you feel like can you imagine being in that situation where fucking aliens are here like in front of you and you don't know what they're gonna do you don't know here we are we're playing some tones that they sent us but what's gonna happen who knows i don't know like that's not tense yeah it it wasn't really tense for me (laughs) like but like I'm, i'm thinking like in a more just, I guess, basic cinematic level, where like, where they're breaking into the, the they're getting to the devil's, devil's tower, they're breaking past all this stuff. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. driving past all the dead cattle and right. You know, they and as like the Richard Dreyfus guy is just like, oh, we're. It's like I'm sure the air is fine. Then they look at the pigeons they've got in the cage, and then they both just put on a mask, and it's right. like, that'd be this great scene. Except that as the audience, you've already seen the scene where the military was setting this up. You just know that, yeah, the the air is fine. They made this shit up. Yeah, you know and it. it like, it kind of robs that scene of any real tension. Well, it's not supposed to be tense there. That's just like a, a little comedic <laughs> aside. Because you know that it's not. And they essentially know that it's not, too. But they don't know. And what's the harm in putting a mask on <laughs> right i don't know that there's supposed to be tension there because it's completely clear to the audience that it's fine right right 
and that's where like it it feels like it was trying to be tense there to me though like but what 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 about that do you think would even need tension because it's it's clear that the audience knows the only like what is the tension between the characters and their lack of knowledge of the unknown <laughs> because like in this specific movie they know that they're going to this place they know it's fine all of these things around them are telling them that they're wrong but they know it's oh, fuck. i had these thoughts when i was watching it and i can't i fucking forgot the point <laughs> and oh fuck i should have written it down because there's a lot of things within the whole like within scenes of this movie where so like the natural order of society is saying that Roy should just fucking be at home and do his thing and he shouldn't be ripping out fucking plants and stuff <laughs> and so like the order is saying like oh he's crazy but he's I don't I don't know how to say it cuz like we know that he's not like he definitely is crazy he's going insane because the aliens have implanted this thing in his head but we also know that it's it's okay for him to be going insane because he's not just seeing things he's not just a lunatic it's right. for a purpose this means something he keeps saying like this means something and but he can't explain it to the other people because they just think he's a fucking nut. And even if he said, oh, I saw an alien, it, it, I'm seeing this vision, they're like, shut the fuck up. Like, we're not going to tell people that you saw an alien. We're going to say that you did this. His wife is, like, making up stories yeah. for him to tell people because the natural order of society is saying, like, follow the lines this is what you do and if you deviate from that you're a nutcase and all of those people that are deviating society will always think that they're nutcases until they're proven right <laughs> so like george lucas nobody wanted to make star wars they all thought it was a stupid idea a mm. stupid movie and somebody said all right we'll give you the money to make it and he made the movie and it was it's still the biggest thing ever but if that flopped they would have said you know that exec would have got fired they're all stupid and so like i don't know how to wrap it into a point but there's so much about following like like the fucking the pinocchio song when you wish upon a star you follow your dreams like we know that he's right yeah and that idea of of just in your own life you don't know if you're right you're just following your dream but you have to like believe in yourself and so you we're seeing the personification of a guy that knows he's right and that is following his dream and that's like so inspiring to me it just is like ah fuck I, I, as a dreamer yeah. inside you know it's just like yes let's do this <laughs> and then he sees the tower and it's this big moment because it's like 
fuck yeah, I'm right. <laughs> this is it. It's here. You know, I built this thing in my in my kitchen. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm a nut, but I'm not. <laughs> and it's it's you know, yeah. Any creative person has to go through this kind of stuff. And like, it's just like I feel like if they'd set it up differently, it would have. Like, like to go back to the gas, they like, where's the tension with him putting on the gas mask and being like, you know, the air is right. It's like, well, yeah, if you hadn't seen the military set that up, right, it would not be known to the audience and it would have been a, is he going into a, a life threatening right. situation? Is, is he going to breathe this air and die? But that the, makes it more of a normal movie. And yeah. I think and that's, that's where it's like, it doesn't work. That's where like, cause, and that's what I was thinking of this movie at the time, like, I can't really tell, like, is this just failing to do the right thing, or by deviating, is it doing something unique and interesting and weird? And I'm kind of like, I don't know what it, like, it's... Right. It feels like it's trying to be normal and then not normal. Like, it's it's this very, like, it feels like it just has conflicted goals of, I... of like, its cinematic view of what it's trying to accomplish. Yeah is like conflicting with itself and but i think that that is by design 100 percent, because yeah. spielberg knew what he was doing by this point like this was only his third theatrical movie he made a number of tv movies he started in tv doing episodes and then he did a mm-hmm. couple of tv movies mm-hmm. um but theatrical movies he made sugarland express which is like a little like a road kind of crime movie. I don't remember. It's been so fucking long since I've seen that. But then then he made Jaws. Jaws, big, you know, the first blockbuster, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and changed movies. And so then he could make whatever he wanted. And then he chose mm-hmm. to make Close Encounters. Um, and I don't... Like, he himself, this is pretty much, I think this is the only movie he wrote and directed. He doesn't write movies, yeah. but he wrote this movie. Hmm. And when he was a kid, he made a feature, the first feature he ever made as a kid. He was 17, and he made this movie, and I can't remember the fucking name of it, but it was essentially, like, a high school close encounters of the third kind and like he cannibalized a bunch of ideas from that and made this movie so it's this thing like that he was even compelled to do as this young man hmm. and now he regrets like he thinks oh i should have made it differently i don't like that it's so detached i never would have had him leave his family if I had made it when I was like I I think that's a bad decision but like that is so sad to me because that's the only way that this movie can be what it is like I don't think Spielberg would be the filmmaker that he became later with like Indiana Jones and all these other fucking movies. I, I think, like, he needed to make this movie and, like, get it out of him mm. exactly how it came out. Like, <laughs> it... I, I, It's so hard to describe. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's like the leaving his family part, like not, that never even really bugged me. Like, yeah, he has this thing in his his head. He's got to get out of there, and he's got to go do this thing. There's right. nothing that can, you know, it's like right. That, I, that'd be like yeah. saying, oh, you abandoned your family to go and have heart surgery or something like you, like what do you mean no it's like it had to be done were you gonna just freaking die because you, you know it's yes like so that part i never thought was him being kind of a jackass or something yeah i felt more that way with like the quasi romance he has with the mother of the other kid he doesn't have any romance with her though they like went and kissed they like ran they up and kiss and... but it's not a romantic it's it, that kiss is so like up until that moment they have no connection other than they saw this thing together and the kid also saw the thing so they shared the vision on then on then they are running up the mountain they're fulfilling their dream of the of the thing and when they get to that moment he's like i gotta keep going i can't this is not satisfying me i need to keep going she's like go i my kid's not here i don't feel and she would eventually go down there right but in that moment she wasn't feeling it and so but she's just like go and he's like yes because finally somebody like they understand each other and it's like this this acceptance of like yes i understand this problem that you have and you need to keep going and so i don't see that kiss as anything romantic at mm. all it's just like this kiss of understanding like fucking thank you for validating me and understanding what i need to do and not holding me back mm-hmm. and so like a kiss is a romantic gesture but i don't see it as, as that at all in that moment because hmm. i had kind of like felt the whole movie it was trying and but not trying to build a romance between them because i don't think it's trying at all because it's like from the moment they like first met when he almost hits the kid with a car i'm like oh and there's gonna be this weird romance subplot and it, ju- it just felt that way to me every single step of the way every encounter they ever but had why because I don't know, you maybe because that's that just by... the, uh, the standard film structure. Right. See, and... that's like a standard thing that would happen in a normal movie, and right. I don't think that, that Spielberg does that at all in this movie. <clears throat> yeah, and, and that's kind of where I'm going to. Like, it, it feels like it's trying to do these very normal, generic, cliche things, but then trying not to do them, and it's just yeah. like this weird split that I'm... That's having why it's trouble so figuring great, out what though. to like it. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's not a normal movie. It's totally its own thing, and I think if it was a normal movie, it would have came and went, and people would have been like, "Yeah, that was fun." You know, I don't know. It wasn't Star Wars, mm-hmm. and some people compared anyway because this came out the same year. But like, yeah, it's a unique, I like vision from Spielberg and his other movies aren't like this it's this one thing that he did where he felt compelled to because he you know he saw like some meteor shower when he was a kid and he like envisioned all these ideas of 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 fucking aliens and shit and it just like spurred his imagination and he was already into filmmaking and stuff and so he just started like obsessing over it Hmm. and 
I feel like if you watched it again and you specifically were like looking at those scenes, I don't think that there's hints of any sort of budding romance or anything in those scenes between them because even the scenes between them because it's just like they know each other because they shared this experience and so that comes together throughout where like they're going to Wyoming and she's being rounded up onto the train to be taken out of there and like they know each other and she's she sees him she calls his name and he takes her out of there but there's nothing romantic about that it could be in a different movie right all of those scenes could be but i don't think that they're played that way and i feel like a normal expectation is that they would be right and so i feel like you're bringing that to it not that Maybe. you're wrong because yeah, you like, know that's a normal expectation yeah and it, it it goes back to like it feels like it's trying to do these normal things but then it's not trying to do it. like it's yeah. it's that whole distinction of like it's cold but it's trying to be emotional and right. it's it's like at every layer it's it feels like it's in conflict with itself and like what it, what its own goals are in conflict and is that not the main character struggle maybe that's what i'm just not yeah can what i have not, what the through line that i've not noticed with it well cuz like the only time you ever see roy the main guy as himself is the little section of the movie before he sees the the spaceship mm and what is he doing? He's playing with his little remote control train. His kids are around him. He's doing his thing. You know, you don't get any sense that, oh, he's a absentee dad who doesn't give a shit. Or, you know, you don't necessarily get a sense that he's great or he's not great. He's just, he's there, he's present, he's doing his thing. And I feel like when as soon as he gets imprinted with that thing it starts to fracture and that's where like the movie is fractured too because he's going through these domestic problems with his wife but even those aren't played for drama or emotions in a normal sense yeah it's almost like some of this shit is played for comedy like when right. he's ripping the fucking bushes out, and I, I was laughing my ass off yeah. in that scene. That that was that was my favorite scene of the whole movie. It was just like him just starts, going nuts and throwing yeah. shit in the window, shoveling and, fucking dirt into like, the no, window. Like no, no, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. You're gonna love it. Like right, <laughs> right, because he's just completely lost his mind, and that's where like I love how he keeps showing like the neighbors, and they're all watching, and it's like the there's there's this type of like suburb from the sixties where none of the houses have any fences in between each other. Like they share the mm. yard and I never noticed that it was that in this movie, but what the movie that made me notice it is a Coen brothers movie called a serious man. Cause it's like a part of the plot that they share these yards. Mm. And so I noticed it here. I was like, Oh shit. It's one of those type of things. And that's very much like that idea of, 
society and the neighborhood and we're all sharing this thing and he's going nuts they don't know anything about him other than he was fine before and now he's ripping up my chicken wire <laughs> and he's a fucking ripping up the bushes and so like externally he's just a nutcase right like I, I love how i was just like oh he's throwing it in through the window we can't use it no the door's not fast enough we gotta like no, yeah no this is a compulsion <laughs> like he's, he's yanking up this woman's chicken i was like i'll pay you like like no, we're not going to like home depot or something to get some, right like, no we're just gonna grab this right it's, now it's there he needs it the trash the the, yeah, the yeah. natural order of the trash you he won't the all the guy wants to do dump the trash give him the bucket he doesn't even want the trash. He just wants the bucket. So a normal, rational person would be like, okay, dump it. Give me the bucket. Let's go. But that's too fast. It's not fast enough. Right. He no, just he needs he it, grabs it. He needs goes. it right now. Yeah, and that's that's like the thing of the of the movie. It's it's when you're feeling, you know, that compulsion, you have, fuck. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. If you are feeling a passion regardless of aliens if you're feeling yeah. something you have to strive for it and and reach for the stars you know you got to wish upon the star <laughs> man it's uh that's why it's it just it gets into my fucking soul because it's just like yeah yeah let's do it let's do it fucking backyard camera man let's go <laughs> i don't know it's just uh and I, I understand that, that not everybody's yeah. like that, so not everybody, you know, reacts to the movie that way. But I feel, you know, sad because it's like, <laughs> yeah. well. I'm not surprised though. With this movie, I pretty yeah. much am like, I don't, I, I, you reacted to it pretty much what I expected, which is fine, and I'm not yeah. saying anything about that, but <clears> like. It doesn't really, it doesn't surprise me or really affect me in any way. It's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> it is a weird movie. Yeah, it's, it's definitely hard to pin down what it's trying to do. So Yeah, and in terms of Spielberg's general filmography, it's probably like the one auteurish movie where you feel like because all of his movies have a style and and especially the earlier stuff because well his later stuff has a style too but he shifted his style he's he's he doesn't make movies like the old days but this is like such its own thing yeah and he wrote and directed it and it's like this personal thing and i'm sure he would say that Something like Schindler's List is more personal because of the, the Jewish connection and his family and stuff. But, but it just at a deeply, you know, personal internal level, I would, I would imagine that this has to like speak to him still. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I think that uh, gave me some direction with this movie that I didn't have before. So yeah. I think, uh, well, that's the point. I understand of, it a yeah. bit better now. That's the point of talking yeah. about movies and and. That's why I think that a good majority of modern movies are dog shit because it's like there they are and <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. You know, there's plenty of good modern movies, but um, 
in terms of like the I don't know if you you're not as connected to the the internet but the big thing going around is that Scorsese said that Marvel movies aren't cinema. <laughs> and so, like, all these people are losing their fucking minds. And, like, it's true, though. In the sense of what uh, Scorsese is talking about, Marvel movies are not cinema. They're not asking you to be an active part of the discussion. Like, it's not 2001 where yeah. it's it's throwing the ball up and you have to slam dunk it you know it's it's not it's not spurring on your mind it's entertainment and that's fine but it's not cinema as he sees it and what he grew up with yeah and like it's just a fact (laughs) (laughs) it's like i like them and whatever i don't you know if you like them you like them but they are 100 percent not artistically moving (laughs) and i don't know that anybody would say that they are do you think the marvel movies are artistically moving yeah (laughs) they're i don't think they're trying to be even they're just no they're they're 100 not trying to be they're they're trying to make money yeah and they're trying to be fun and they're trying to make money and that's fine (laughs) but they're not yeah, they're not cinema a, in that. Yeah, they're not the, an artistic vision that right. someone's trying to say something. Right, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what the point that people are losing with with Scorsese's comment is. It's like he's not saying like don't watch him. He didn't give a fuck. You watch whatever you watch. He's just saying like people need to have their brains like uh, you know you use it or lose it you know and yeah, yeah if this is all that the movies are showing and this is all that you're seeing then what is the where's the humanity you know you gotta expand your mind quaid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well yeah but that's you know we talked about it you, you seem like you have an understanding of it a little bit yeah. better yeah, because that's that's all just angles that I hadn't even considered in the watching of it. Yeah, it just felt like okay, this is a really bland, like nothing happening kind of a movie. Where it, yeah, I understand how it could seem that way because it is kind of like that. Yeah, especially without the connection to the characters that a normal movie would have. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I didn't feel like emotionally drawn into his journey. Like no, and I don't know that. I don't like that's the thing. I don't think that you're supposed to be at that level. Because you, that's <laughs> that's the thing that's hard. Because you are, but if you're not that type of person that like has that kind of wonder about the world or whatever and the idea of like following a dream like that like passionately like he does in that i don't it's so like fuck it's so emotional but yet at the same time it's not so yeah it's 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 weird not in a because like in a normal movie he would be like 
a fucking charismatic watcher of the skies <laughs> who's like he's dreamed about it his whole life yeah you yeah, know I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be a normal movie a movie it would tell the arc of like oh he he followed his dream and look at him now you know right right but i think that that's a normal movie and that would be a movie that would fade away but you know an artistic vision like this where it's i just i just i don't know i love it so much is there any reason why you never watched it up until now um not really i guess it just it was before my time yeah and it just never there was always something else that was more interesting or yeah i don't know like spielberg in general just hasn't had like a like a place in my mind of just like oh spielberg it's like fucking indiana jones you didn't watch those i guess guess there's there's that trying to think like jurassic park that was him right yeah like i like what else i'm not even sure what else i've watched of his you mentioned schindler's list i don't know that i've ever seen that like just watched it yeah i've I've definitely seen parts of it that's a fucking movie man (laughs) oh man that's a rough movie like that's so good but it's just devastating so good though holy shit i'm like i'm trying to think like what else what else has he done that i'd have watched what else has he done i mean i could probably go through the whole thing he's done dozens of movies right i mean yeah like after so i was gonna mention this too um this was a big hit um and so like all big hits the studio wants to make a sequel (laughs) (laughs) and he was furiously against making a sequel no we're not going to make a sequel but he wanted to make sure that the studio didn't make a sequel without him so he said like okay i'll develop some sequel ideas and so he he had all these ideas and they were gonna try to make this one movie and i don't remember like the specifics but from that idea or or other ideas around that Anyway, these ideas that he came up with while he was brainstorming sequels for Close Encounters became Poltergeist, which he co-wrote and had uh, Toby Hooper direct, which is, that came out in like 80, 81, 82, something like that. Mm. So Poltergeist, Gremlins, Mm. which he is credited with the story and he produced and stuff, um, and E.T., and so because he had ideas where there would be a like because in general his ideas about aliens is that they would be benevolent kind we would meet and play music or you know whatever it mm-hmm. wouldn't be a warring thing and so he he didn't want to have movies where it would be just a, your, your normal war fucking with aliens movie and so of those three, the one that he directed is E.T., the one that is the benevolent alien that is lost yeah. on Earth, which you should fucking see because <laughs> it's good. I don't know that you would like it because, like, it's yeah, just... It's, that's saying, one that's never appealed to me, just in so concept. Fucking, it's just, so good, though. Like, oh, there's a kid who 
finds an alien and helps him call home. Great. Like, <laughs> like it just, nothing about that speaks to me as a concept, as to something that I want to see or something. When you were a kid, you <clears throat> didn't think like, I want to meet an alien. <laughs> you never thought about meeting an alien? I don't think so. Having him as a buddy? No. Dressing him up for Halloween? <clears throat> no? Certainly not a like a desire to watch it as a movie. <laughs> oh, man. That movie is so good. And that's, that's kind of what I feel about like most Spielberg films, is just like I don't have some desire to watch it. Yeah. Like just on a conceptual level, there's nothing about them that's like, yeah. I should see this. They're all very emotional. So like if you don't connect with Elliot and E.T., that movie would probably be very boring because like the whole foundation of that movie is connecting emotionally with those characters. And that happens in almost all of Spielberg's movies because that's just the kind of guy he is, the kind of filmmaker that he is. And like, like Jaws is, is, oh my God, Jaws is so good. I don't know that you would necessarily, I feel like if you watch Jaws, you would think it was better than you might think it would be because you think, like, whatever, big fucking shark movie. Who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) But it's so good. And, like, I don't know, what did he make after Close Encounters? Um, Well, that movie, eh. We won't even talk about that. (laughs) 1941, whatever, don't worry about that one. But then he made Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is amazing. You don't think... You don't think Indiana Jones is amazing? Yeah, you know, you know, I haven't seen Indiana Jones since high school, at least since the nineties, at least. I gotta watch those. You again. should watch it. I, guess, and I loved them as a kid, and I just haven't watched them since. Yeah, oh, they're fucking good, man. <clears throat> they're oof, oof. Those are some movies. Those are like one hundred percent grade A movies. Yeah, I think the last time I watched. Uh, which one? I think it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or, no, was it Last Crusade? I don't know. Last time I watched it, I think, was on Laserdisc. So. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, they're all... you got to see AI. you got to see that AI. That is honestly the only Spielberg film that I actually kind of want to see. You have to see AI. And half because of the, the, just the weird backstory of its creation with Kubrick and the back yeah. and forth between them. Like, that that makes me want to see it just to see what kind of weirdness went on it's cool whether i like that movie or not in the end i i think just the seeing of it would be worth it even if it's shit (laughs) yeah it's definitely not shit you might think it is a lot of people think it is i think it's one of his best movies one of my all-time favorite movies i love it i think it's great there's also a very strong pinocchio thread that runs through ai um (laughs) And, and like all of his movies, there's an emotional, strong undercurrent that, like, if you're not feeling that, the movie might not work properly, which probably is why a lot of people don't like it. But yeah. I, that movie is amazing. Man, I don't know. He's so good, though. He kind of, like, I, I don't really care about his movies now because he just seems to be making, like, whatever. Like, he made War of the Worlds to speak about, like, alien movies. Mm -hmm. In, I don't know, early 2000s, he made War of the Worlds. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise, piece, total piece of shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and like I remember my friend saw uh, an interview with Spielberg where he's just like so like they they came to me with this idea of making War of the Worlds and my first thought is like well I don't like warring aliens I don't that's not me personally but I decided to put myself aside and make the movie. And it's just like, well, you should have just not made the movie. <laughs> Why are you, if, if you have to like put yourself aside and you're supposed to be putting yourself into the movies, you know, you just, it, why? Ah, it's just, it's so dumb. It's like, it's like, uh, can't think of a good example but like like Kubrick never made AI because he said I can't make this movie I'm not sentimental enough to make this movie you have to make it Spielberg you are the perfect person for this movie and Spielberg always said no this is your project you've been crafting this for a long time like you can do it do it and that's why Spielberg did it because Kubrick died and he was like fuck I have to fulfill this <laughs> this wish of my friend right <clears throat> and 100% Spielberg should have been the guy that made it it's it feels like both of their things put together but without the sentimentality of Spielberg that movie would not work <laughs> but that I mean, at some point we'll have to do yeah yeah, I don't know offhand. I mean, like trying to think of a of Spielberg movie that you would like <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't because they're all good up until a point. They're all really good, but like, are any of them interesting to Stephen? I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of just been my thing is that I've heard of them for sure and just been yeah. like, okay, sure, why not? But not. Like nothing ever sounds like oh yay I I really need to see this movie about a, a giant shark eating people. So good though. <laughs> I mean I'm sure I would watch it and be entertained, but yeah. I There's... feel like that's really all it would be is just some. Yeah, yeah, it is entertaining, and there's not a lot there, but there's so many like iconic <laughs> things that that have become part of pop culture that start there and mm. it's just so good <laughs> it's just so good it's it's uh it's, it's just well done but that's why he wanted to keep um the sequel kind of idea in check because with jaws the studio went and made other jaws movies mm, there right, right. there <clears throat> were up to Jaws 4 and so because they had done that he was like really oh no I can't let them make Close Encounters 2 <laughs> I really have to protect Close Encounters of the fourth kind right. <laughs> whatever that would be <laughs> yeah I have to protect my my idea even though like Jaws was a, a book that, that yeah. you know he made the movie it wasn't his idea but it's still his movie that he made and it's the movie that made him Right. popular and like made him a person that people cared about and stuff oh, fucking Jaws is so good <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long too 
I don't know. I don't know. Spielberg is great. I wish he still made great movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what happens. People get old. So you wouldn't say that you liked it? You just are kind of... Yeah, kind of weird on it. I don't know. Yeah. I, th- I think I've a bit more respect for it now that we've uh, brought these ideas in- to my attention that I hadn't really felt in the seeing of it but yeah you felt similarly with 2001 yeah yeah which but one's that, better <laughs> i'd say 2001 for sure yeah like, no question there but i would agree in, in some way like when i got done watching this movie i felt like man this was like it wanted to be 2001 but didn't know how <laughs> yeah i don't see like yes but no (laughs) like i agree that it's spielberg's 2001 but i don't agree that it's trying to be 2001 really it's doing like its own thing 100 percent. yeah even though like at a base level yeah they are essentially about similar things and stuff right and they are both detached and stuff but this it's you know one more down in your your uh missed classics I yeah guess, the yeah. miss yeah uh, all the the only thing that could come to my head was list of shame but i don't like mm-hmm. the idea of that because i don't think that there should be shame for missing things especially things that came up before i was born well <laughs> like, yeah yeah and i don't like the idea of guilty pleasures because it's like i don't feel guilty <clears throat> just enjoy it whatever fuck it life's too short to feel guilty about liking some shitty movie <laughs> <laughs> so i don't like the idea of placing those kind of emotions around movies but right. yes missed classics is a good idea yeah a good a good way to say it maybe one day we can uh, see blade runner <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that, that one that one kind of hurt when i tried to watch it <laughs> yeah uh, oh well well i guess i guess we should wrap it up yeah i've any, been going for a while here any final thoughts about close encounters mm. I was a little disappointed that the aliens were so generic, but they were, they are, except for that one that's like, ah. that, that, now that very first one that yeah. comes out and he's like this weird, like spider thing. Yeah. And then he's, standing, I was like, oh man, that's really cool. And then the, like just a bunch of little gray dudes come out like, oh, now you're just every alien ever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know how prevalent that, that general alien was at the time i feel like it was a a a thing that had existed well before i kind of that i feel that way but at the same time like this is from the 70s i don't know maybe right i feel like it's a thing that existed and he's just utilizing it right because i i think the the focus I, I don't think he wanted the focus to be on, like, whoa, look at those crazy creatures, and, like, yeah, he wanted yeah. it to and be just more about... And that's something that, like, af- as, as the credits were rolling and I was just thinking about the movie, I, I saw that as, like, a, a letdown. Yeah. And after discussing it and seeing, like, 
that really wasn't what the movie was about. Right. And that if, as you're saying, it's, it's about this guy trying to follow this passion that he can't get rid of, that he just has to follow. Yeah. Then it's not about the end at all. It's not about what he finds. It's about no. his need to do. And in that sense, yeah. the aliens are kind of irrelevant to anything. Right. And that's why they should, they never should have shown the inside of the ship because the ship doesn't matter. It's yeah. not about showing you whatever these things are. It's not about that. It's about the idea of just seeing what's out there and just doing moving forward you know yeah yeah Yeah. and and that theme that had just totally flown over my head was just kind of so that looking at it from that angle i don't care about the aliens being generic at this point it's like oh yeah well yeah they didn't need to be anything else it's fine well and like i know it's a movie but if if you were there and like these regular little gray dudes came out I mean, you'd have to be pretty cynical to be like, ah, he's just a gray guy. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the weirdos, man? (laughs) You know? And so, Uh, like, the movie Yeah, I think, honestly, like, the most surprising thing that could happen if an alien's landed would be that they are these generic-looking gray dudes that don't wear clothes and have no genitals. Right. (laughs) It was like, wait, what? That really is an alien? What? (laughs) At this point, that would be more surprising than anything else. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, I think it's it's how it should be. I like it, and and the way that it cuts between like the aliens, because you don't really see their faces, but like it cuts between vague shots of their faces and then it'll show like the kid Barry and like the aliens are humanoid but he also he's a little kid so his head is not shaped as a an adult is so it's kind of like them yeah and then they show like the other adults and then I'm like looking at their head shapes and stuff and just thinking like (laughs) oh like how maybe you know, like maybe 2001 where the the monkey touched the monolith, maybe the fucking, the spider <laughs> ringmaster alien, like, <laughs> took some guys and they've been living in, you know, deep space for years and they're part human and, you know, like, maybe it's more than that and maybe it's not and who knows, it's just, yeah. it's the idea of expanding your imagination and stuff. I love it. Anyway. I could I could talk about this movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess that's uh that's my final thoughts on it is Yeah. Well I'm glad that that's the whole idea of, of the the talking about things is that you get a new perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about the anime stuff. A lot of times I'm watching this anime and I'm like just like I man, I don't know. Like it's <laughs> I'm kind of getting it. I kind of not getting it. And then you come in with all this stuff, and I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> I had no idea." <laughs> so it's the same kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've gotten to do that to me now. So. Yeah, that's what it's all about. All right. Well, um, yeah, well, adios. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> well, all right.
Star Child, citizens of the universe, recording angels. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership, I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D, light year groove. It's cool. I like 